Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We sure appreciate our crescendo kids who are growing in faith by sharing their love through song. Thank you all so much for coming and being part of our worship. Um, there is, I, I read this week uh, about a woman, her name is, is Kayla Babayan Tanaka, and she is a native Hawaiian. She's about 40 years old, mom of two. Uh, she's an educator. She's an absolutely extraordinary woman uh, for a lot of different reasons, but in one reason in particular, she is a voyager. Now, I'm not saying that uh, in reference to the old Plymouth minivans back in the day. She, 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 is, a, she is a voyager in a very specific way. Voyagers uh, are part of a, of a culture, a Polynesian culture, where uh, for hundreds of years, it was always men in those days, would get in these double-hull canoes, and they would travel between the Pacific Islands, sometimes hundreds and hundreds of miles at a time, with no navigational aids, no charts, no maps, no compass, no radios. Of course, back in the day, there was nothing. And they did it simply by, by watching the sky when they could, when there was no cloud cover, they would look at the sun. At night, they would look at the stars and the moon. If there were cloud cover, they focused more on the ocean itself, the swells, which way the swells seemed to be coming from. They would feel the current, move the boat, and they were able to navigate hundreds and hundreds of miles this way. And it, there was some fear that it was going to become a lost art. So Kayla's father uh, became a proponent of this a few years ago, and he started teaching others how to do it. Women were never a part of that until Kayla said, I want to learn. So in 2006, I think she was 17 years old, and she got involved with uh, crewing a boat that went from Honolulu to Tahiti. And, and by the same incredible ability to read the sky, read the seas, they even would, would pay attention to the seabirds that were around because they knew that certain birds were on certain islands and others were on others. And in that way, they were able to determine where they are and where they were going. In fact, she got so good at it that she was able to then captain, and that's probably not the word, she was able to be the leader of a crew of her own and does that now. Uh, her father died last year. And, and by the way, uh, Moana, the Disney movie, she was one of the models for that. They, they, she spent time uh, interviewing with the producers of Moana. And, and that character is, is based in some part uh, on, on Kayla and her ability to travel the sea based only on these skills that her father had passed down to her. When her father died, it was quite a blow, but she immediately after that went out on a solo trip of hundreds of miles crewing one of these boats. Now, they're more modern these days, but they still don't have navigational aids. They still do it the same way. And she was able to do it because of all the lessons her father taught her. She said, when my father died, it was hard, but 
He taught me the stars. He taught me the sun. He taught me the sea. And all of those lessons are in my heart, and it is as if he is always with me every time I go on a voyage. And that essentially is the very essence of the third element in our mission statement of sharing Christ, serving others, growing in faith. Growing in faith is not an intellectual exercise. Our goal is not to learn a certain amount about the Bible, though it's always good to know as much about the Bible as we can. But more importantly, it's what that does to us. We fill ourselves with the wisdom of our Father. And that way, no matter where we are, no matter how hard the waves come, whether the sun's out or whether it's cloudy, regardless of what the situation is, we have our Father with us, always giving us those lessons, always helping us know which direction to go and how to be strong and courageous in the face of a storm. And so that's why we continue our sermon series, Why Church? And for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to grow in faith. Um, we read the Bible. We do it in daily devotions. We do it in groups. We do it on our own. Um, however we do it, we, we read the Bible because we learn things we're not going to hear anywhere else. And, and I want to suggest to you that the single most important thing that any human being can learn can be found only in the Bible. Um, I've said this before. Some of you have heard this, this speech before about the most important thing I ever learned. Actually, the two most important things I ever learned. First, the first thing I learned that was the, the second most important thing was that Lynn Nielsen, now Lynn Nielsen Trotter, loved me. And it was in, uh, it was on a, a, a Sunday in the fall of 1976 that we were in a little candlelit booth at the Copper Cellar down on Cumberland, and she told me that. And my heart melted and it spilled out all over my cheeks, and I was never the same after that. But then in all the subsequent days after we were married about a year and a half later, that love that she told me about that night that I experienced, that love continued to grow, and it, and it impacted my life in a thousand and one different ways and still does today. That is, a, that is sort of a, a glimpse of what happened in the spring of 1989 when I was going through the Disciple Bible Study at Middlebrook Pike United Methodist Church, and I was reading the Bible for the first time. And we were in Luke's Gospel reading. I was reading at home, doing my homework. Uh, we were reading about Luke's version of the resurrection. And there's that beautiful moment whenever Jesus turns to Mary and he calls her name. Jesus said, Mary, and she recognized him. And it was as if in that moment, I didn't hear an audible voice, but as I read the words, Jesus called Mary's name. I heard him call my name. And even though I'd grown up in church, it was at that moment that I, I fell in love with Jesus and how much he loved me. And then from that moment then, I've continued to learn and grow, and that has impacted every dimension of my life. The most important thing anybody can ever learn is that God loves you, and you will not hear that anywhere else but in Scripture. That's why growing in faith is not homework. Growing in faith is heart work. It's how we understand that this God that's somewhere in our heart 
will always be with us. And, and as we learn more about him and we understand the depth of that love, then it starts to spread into other parts of my life and your life. It's true with all relationships. Any relationship will grow deeper as we get to know someone and we learn more about them and we fall more deeply in love with them and their life begins to impact us in different ways. Now, a disclaimer, I understand that in human relationships, it doesn't always work out that way because we're human beings and human beings can sometimes be unpredictable and unreliable and every relationship doesn't work out. I understand that. That's not the case with God. God is always predictable. Well, actually, he can be unpredictable, but you can always predict his love. You can always predict his faithfulness. You know that he will always be with you, and, and that's why the more we learn about him, the deeper we grow in faith, which is circling back to what this is all about, and that is to grow in faith. That's what we want everyone to do, not, not to be smarter about the Bible, though that's okay, but to simply let God go deeper. Because if you don't, it changes the way we understand what happens to us. And here is something I want to I underline. You can't understand what God is up to until you understand how much God loves you. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about what God, what God might be up to in your life. Uh, people, people struggle with struggles and, and hard times because they misunderstand what the potential of those hard times might be. But when we learn more about God, we understand that it's never, it's never to harm us, but always it's for our good. Romans 8, 28, God works for good through all things. He doesn't make bad things happen, but God works for good through all things, even the bad things, even the struggle. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's what we want to do is love him, be called according to his purpose. That's why we grow in faith. So let me read a, a passage of Scripture just simply to underscore the most important thing that we can learn about God and how that then shapes how we understand the rest of our life. This is from Romans chapter 5. Last week's anchor passage was from Romans, and it started with a therefore. Paul, the apostle who wrote Romans, will sometimes state facts and he will state historical facts to make a point, to make a case. And then he likes to say, therefore, based on all this that's happened, think about this. And so in this case, Paul had talked about how people were estranged from God because of sin. And we were far from God, the people of Israel, and then, the, and then also Gentiles. That's you and me. We are far from God. God cannot be a part of, any, of, any, of, of sin. He separates himself from that because he is holy. But he loves us, and he doesn't want us to be separated from him. Therefore, Paul says, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Hang on to that. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. 
Got to go back and talk about the word justified for just a minute. Some of you have heard me or other preachers say this, but it's really crucial to understand this word justified. John Wesley, the founder of the movement that's now the United Methodist Church back in the 18th century, talked about justifying grace based on this word that Paul uses in Romans, justified. It's, and it's a Greek word that refers to the printing business or the process of printing. If you have a computer, and I'm sure you do, or maybe on your phone or your tablet, and you have some sort of word processing program, you know that when you write a document, you can justify it, meaning you can justify left, you can justify right, or you can justify in the middle, however you choose. Well, that's, that's a very old term, and it simply means to put in alignment. If you left justify in your Word document, then all your text will line up on the left side like we typically see. And that is the word in the Greek that Paul is using here. And what he means by that is because God loves you in spite of your faults, in spite of your failures, in spite of your sin, in spite of everything that you've done that would be contrary to his will and purpose, he says, because of what Jesus did and because you have faith in him, you are now justified, period. You are put in a right alignment with God. And that means that everything we did before to continue the computer uh, metaphor, if you were to look at everything you had done in your life that was, that was contrary to God's purpose, the sin, the bad stuff, and all that, and you took your cursor and you blocked all, say that was all in a document, and you blocked it all out, God hits delete. And everything that you had done that was contrary to him prior to that moment, God has just deleted there's another passage that says, how far does God separate us from our sin? And it says, how far is the east from the west? I don't know how far the east from the west is, but I think the intention of that passage is it's a long way. And in Christ Jesus, God separates us. And so there's no more enmity. We're not enemies of God. We're not opposites of God. We're not opposed to God. We're not fighting with God. We understand that God loved us enough to die for us. And because of that, we can live fully in him because we're justified. And what that means is this. When things happen in our life that are difficult, when we have struggles, when we have things that go haywire out of nowhere and our life seems to be unraveling, we understand that God is still there, maybe closer than ever. And he is going to work to see if we can make something good and positive out of things that are going wrong. And, and why that's so important is because if you don't know that, if you have never been in God's Word and you have no idea why Jesus died and you don't understand, you think that, you know, because, of, and I was there, I've been there, my friends, before I came to faith again, before that night whenever I heard Jesus say, not Mary, but when he said, Larry, but I, I always thought that I'd messed up too much in my prior life as a young adult. I always thought that I was damaged goods. I never thought that God would want anything to do with me because that was my limited, faulty understanding of who God is. But then I learned who God really was as I started studying the Bible, and I understood, well, he loves me. Are you kidding? God loves me and died for me. And if you don't know that then, you may think that, that God's out for you. 
You may think that, well, you know, I did this back in, on this day or back 20 years ago, and I did all this, and I've been, a, I've been a rascal, and, and there's no way God could have anything to do to me. So when things go wrong, you think, well, I'm on my own. Why would God have anything to do with that? We think it's just some random event that happened in life. The universe has turned on us, as you see in social media sometimes, and things are going bad or worse. If you don't know who God is, then you think God is squashing you, that God's zapping you with a lightning bolt, that somehow I've made God so mad that he can't deal with me anymore, and so he's, he's created all these problems for me, and it's just not true. But you wouldn't know that until you learned the truth from God's Word. When trouble comes, some people blame God and some people claim God. The difference is in how well you know Him. You can blame Him for everything that's going wrong, or you can claim Him and say, I know you love me, and I know that even in the midst of this trouble, you are, you are working through that, and you're going to turn me into a better version of me. That's what it means through perseverance. We develop character through perseverance, Perseverance equals a growth in character. That's why. Because then we're working with God and not against God when things go wrong, and we become stronger. Okay, preacher, I'm in. That sounds good. How do I get that? How does that work? Glad you asked. One more little brief passage of Scripture. In fact, it's one sentence. It's from Psalm 119, verse 105. Many of you have heard it before. You may have heard it in a song. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. It's the most beautiful statement of Scripture, I think, in Scripture. And there would be a lot of different ways to interpret it. But I just happen to have a guitar here. And Amy Grant probably interpreted that passage as well as anyone ever has, in a song from probably, it goes all the way back to the 80s. And so I want to invite you to sing this song with me and let the words of this song begin to flesh out what it means for God's Word to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. So if you know it, sing along. If you don't know it, sing along. It's okay. I hadn't sung it in probably 15 years until the first service, so I don't know it that well either. But it doesn't matter. The point is, is to let the words sink in. Come on, sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid and think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. And nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be with me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You all sound good. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet 
my path I will not forget your love for me And yet my heart forever is wandering Jesus be my guide and hold me to your side And I will love you to the end we have to fear because he is there. He is by our side. He'll always be by our side whether we notice him or not. Sometimes when things are going badly, our feelings can tell us that we're all alone. But whenever his word is a lamp into our feet and he is inside of us, we understand he is always there. So we don't have to fear. And we can love him with our whole heart as we move through this life. When we get God's Word inside of us, we bring the presence of God in with us. As Kayla experienced the presence of her father in those teachings about how to be a voyager when she was out there on the sea, when it got rough, when it got dark, she remembered that her father's, it wasn't just that his teachings were in there. He, in a way, was in there with her, giving her strength and courage. And when we fill ourselves up with God by growing in faith, we get we get his presence inside of us. And when life starts to squeeze and push and try to crush us, we have the ability to maintain life and, and, and peace, as Paul says. This is, he says, we have peace now because we've been justified. You know, if you were to go to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, good, lunch, good luck with that. It's 36,000 feet uh, below sea level. Uh, the pressure down there is 840 times what it is at sea level. Uh, so you could take a couple of Mount Everest almost and stack them up and put them in. It's a long way to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Uh, you can't get down there in a submersible, I don't think, all the way because the pressure is so strong. It would wad that submersible up like a, an aluminum foil ball. And yet, they do get down there with cameras, and we have seen what's in some of those great depths of the ocean. You know what's down there? Little fish, about that big, like you might see in an aquarium. So if the pressure's so great that it would crush a submarine, how's a little fish survive? Well, I'm no biologist, and I can't, get, I can't even pronounce the word. But these little fish that live down there have a substance inside of them. It's the way God created them. A substance inside of them that somehow allows them from the inside out to equalize that pressure. And these tiny, delicate little fish can live under all that pressure because of what's inside. That's why we grow in faith. 
That's why we read those daily devotionals that come in the email or listen on podcasts. That's why we sit down with our Bible for 15 minutes at least every morning and just find a passage that speaks to us and read and let God speak through it and let God fill us. And then we begin to understand that God loves us. And, and then when trouble comes, we, we're building character because we understand this character is built on something much more than the latest social media craze. That, our, that, that, that God's love is not fickle like the people who like us or follow us on Twitter or, 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 or Facebook or even Instagram and will turn on you on a dime whenever you don't line up with what they think. And there's, because the culture has all sorts of stuff that it will fill you up with. And it's like eating in a salad bar. It all's great for about a half an hour. Then you're hungry again and you need something else. And, and, and God's Word fills us with something that's lasting and something that builds character and something that will help us to not be crushed when life presses. So my goal for myself as we continue through this year and look toward another one that will be coming before we know it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more of that. I'm going to continue to grow in faith. Not because some preacher told me to, not because I learned in seminary, not because I think I'm supposed to, but because I want to. Because I want to know all I can about a God who would die for me. Amen? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we, we can't take it in, but we keep trying. And you, and you show us glimpses of yourself, little glimpses that we can understand as we start putting these pieces together. And we start getting a sense of the enormity, the boundless love that you have for your people. Thank you, O oh God, for loving us that much, and thank you for your word that helps us have a porthole so that we can actually see into your great heart and understand how deep your love is for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a commitment that I'm going to make, and, and that's what we're going to do now as we sing this last hymn. We have these commitment cards, and I know not everybody has one today, and that's okay if you don't. There's plenty of time for you to get involved. God is always going to be more than enough, and when we give, when we fill out these commitment cards, it's not some legally binding contract. That's, that's not the idea. We don't want that. We're not funding a budget. We're not trying to figure out how much we can get people to promise us. It, all we want to do is encourage you to make a commitment to, to enter into this intimate act of worship where we give back to God out of all that he's given to us, and then we tell him, okay, God, you do with it what you will. And the leadership of this church prayerfully goes about trying to redistribute into our mission and ministry the money that you give to God. So that's what we're doing here. We're not funding a budget. We're worshiping God with our treasure. And also, we also want to think about commitment of our time as well as we remember the second part of our mission statement, and that's serving others. So as we sing, we invite you to bring your commitment card up. If you don't have it, it's okay. You can do it online. You can bring it next week. Let's sing together. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, 
please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.